Welcome to Drunk Bible Study. This show's mission is to read every single word of the greatest story ever told. A warning to our listeners, the hosts of this show are sinners, but they're doing their best. There will be drinking and there may be some swears. They did say they'd try to keep it clean, but I wouldn't put my money on it. I'm Emily, and this is Drunk Bible Study, where my good friends Dedeker and Jace teach me, a born and raised atheist, all about the Bible. And we are back with more Matthew. And apparently there's going to be some discipling today, I've heard. Hot on, heard off of, on the hot street? off of the presses, yes. <laughs> hot off the presses. Where, who have you heard this from? I think from y'all or from maybe the chat. Someone was like, disciples are next or something. Or was that last mm. week? Did I? Well, we've... We've got a few disciples. We don't have the whole compliment yet. Yeah. What was it? Well, okay. So just to jump right in. Yeah. Last week, I felt like he was throwing out his really hot takes. And it was a lot <laughs> of very famous verses that were thrown out just one right mm-hmm. after another. It was like his greatest yep. hits. He was just naming them all off. Yeah. But then some of them, I, I don't recall which ones, but we were like, uh, what? Uh, I don't know about that. Right. And not happy. Yes. Less, ha- less than happy. Yeah, so it was a lot about blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. Yeah. If you even look at a lady the wrong way, you're committing adultery with That's her in it. your heart. Mm-hmm. If you say a bad, you call someone a dodo head, that's just as bad as murder. It's not. The classics. Well, and there was also that classic, the, the thing that I think all made us go, oh, ew, yuck, was when he was like, if you divorce your wife for any reason besides infidelity on her part, then like now anyone else who's with her is an adulterer because it's, it was some nonsense. We were like, what? Why? Why'd you have to, why'd you have to take it there? Why'd you have to do um, that? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Just, just hot stuff, and so, baby. Hot takes on the mount. That could be our new name for for this. Yeah, is that going to be our worship band, our Christian worship band? Hot takes on the mount. Oh, I like that. That's really good. It's good, right? <laughs> that sounds like we have to do beat poetry every single song Ooh. or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, what's stopping you? Yeah, that makes it sound like that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm learning from this book yet, except for just I'm learning where these specific verses are coming from. Mm-hmm. This yeah. thing in Matthew. Well, that's val- it's valuable to get it in context, right? That's true. Well, and you said something about that as well, right? That seeing it in context and seeing it in in order, mm-hmm. not just out of context where somebody, you know, randomly on the street is like, blah, 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 thy neighbor or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you blah, know, blah, blah, thy neighbor. Blah, 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 thy neighbor. And you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that like the, for this stuff at least, in terms of in context, I, I think mostly because this stuff compared to the Old Testament tends to get taught more like reading longer passages more straight up. So mm-hmm. I remember in a lot of the stories, you know, back in Genesis and Exodus and stuff like that, it would be like, oh gosh, 
Like they totally left out the very next sentence where it says, and then they killed all the women and children in the village. Yeah. Or, you know, some horrible thing, right? Yeah. That so far this has not had any of that kind of, oh gosh, wow, that's the context that gets left out. But it's more the fact that we've read the entire Old Testament now. We have that context of when he said last week where he's like, I'm not here to change any of the laws. You still got to follow those. And then blah, 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 did the the hot takes on the mount, right? And gave all his hot takes. Yeah. Like we actually have a context for what that for means. what those laws. What that is. Like what they originally were, what they became, how they evolved over time, realizing that, you know, now we're a few hundred years after the latest thing we read from the Old Testament. Yeah. To kind of be like, it's not that much time, right? Maybe some of those laws have changed a little bit in the intervening centuries. Mm-hmm. Well, it also seemed like even at the time, there was a lot of, we follow the laws, we fall off, and God's angry. Then we follow the laws again, and then we fall off, and God's angry. So I don't know if there's even necessarily an unbroken chain of everyone following the, the Judaic law perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting because I do think that the rock has taken a bit of a backseat. Mm, and so far, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we really haven't heard from him. I'm really excited for like Gethsemane where Jesus is talking to God in the gar in the is it a garden? Is it like a, mm-hmm. yeah. a courtyard or something? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh-huh. Is it the patio of the restaurant that they're having the last supper at? Is that the what's back going patio on? where all the cooks are going out to smoke and stuff? Yeah. And the cooks are there like, <laughs> why is this guy singing up to a freaking <laughs> Like C six, I don't know, whatever. Right. <laughs> not really. You're He's not doing that. He's not doing that. But but it's high. Oh, it's high on that song. Anyways, goodness gracious. Yeah, okay. I love that all of Emily's touch points come from musical theater. Jesus Christ Superstar, part. definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Anyways, um, what are you two drinking today? Oh, I'm just having a ginger ale because I'm driving after this, so I'm being responsible, and I'm yeah, only gonna get crunked on Christ. Okay, okay. Well, I really don't need anything else, you know? Yes, that's, no, I that's know. all the crunk there is. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of went about, we, we're sort of down to the dregs of what we have in our liquor cabinet and mixers and things like that. We often seem to be in that state. Well, you got to fix that. But Jeez. I decided to get a little bit creative and to try to make sort of a variation on, maybe like a, a classic cocktail inspired by... Um, a margarita, kind of. Uh, so okay, I mean, I so don't know. Not a margarita, but inspired by the true story of a time that someone drank a margarita. By, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think what you don't have. I'm. Uh, <laughs> why don't you tell me what you do have, and then I'll be like, okay, that's very loosely inspired by a margarita. What? Yeah. What did you have? Yeah, no, this is like after a Disney movie comes out and then they release another album that's like music inspired by The Lion King or whatever oh, it is, where yes. it's none of the songs from it's it. It's like the mixtape. But it's yeah. all kind of in the style, sort of, right? Okay. So, okay, so here's what it is. So I have, so, obviously, <laughs> The Rock's Tequila, yeah. Terramana, the Añejo, so it's aged. Uh-huh. Um, and then what I didn't have was any of the uh, orange Something right, like a blue curacao or a mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right, I didn't have any of that. What blue curacao? Orange. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. No, Dedeker. He means like triple sec. Yeah. He means like yeah. triple sec, which yeah. is the additional citrus. 
Right. Like, a, yeah, a, a, usually you have like Grand Marnier or something yeah. along those lines, something to throw in there or triple sec if you want to get kind of really sweet with it. Right. And so blue curacao is basically the same flavor as triple sec. It's just mm-hmm. blue. So you can make fun colors, right? Okay. Uh, anyway, so what I did have was a different type of Grand Marnier that does mm-hmm. have some orange liqueur mixed in. Mm-hmm. So it's got more of that orangey flavor. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm halfway there, right? Yeah, yeah. So I did that. And then I was like, huh, how do I jazz this up? And so I was like, I'll put some Peychaud's bitters in here because they're bitters, but they're a little bit milder. So I'm like, okay, okay. go with that to add a little, you know, excitement. And then my glass was not very full. So I was like, huh, normally then it would be, you know, some kind of filler, sweet and sour or something, right? Yeah. For the rest. And I'm like, well, Something I don't sweet, have that. Yeah. So I did a raspberry rose kombucha to fill up the rest. And it's actually, it's pretty good. I got to say. Right, that, that's a lot closer to a margarita than I expected it to be. Oh, okay. <laughs> like you basically could have just said it was a kombucha margarita mule or something. I don't know. Well done. So mm. I'm glad that you like it. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, I also have a little bit of ginger beer today mm. with um, vodka some orange juice, some lime, and some, what is it? The Shirley, what? Grenadine. I was like, what a Shirley (laughs) Temple is made out of? Grenadine. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. So all of that together. Yeah, it's very tasty. And then I have these beautiful strawberries that I was like, it kind of is a strawberry color. So we're going to put one on there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? I didn't even think about that. We also have strawberries. I could have added some of that. You should have just put one on there just for fun. Just for fun. You're right. Mm -hmm. Ooh, wow. Boy, okay. Well, before we get too distracted talking about all the potential drinks (laughs) that we could make, uh, let's talk about what we're reading today. Yeah? Yeah, what are we reading? Yes, what we got. Right. So today we are going to be continuing on with our very exciting time reading Jesus. I'm not sure if if we've continued the Sermon on the Mount or if this is moving on to something else. I'm actually not totally think, sure where we left off. I think off. we're rolling with the hits from what I can see. So we're continuing the Serm. Yes, the I think we might still be Hot Takes on the Mount. Yeah. Hot Takes on the Hill. Okay. Hot, hot Takes, takes that's really good. Yeah, you said hot it's Takes kind of on a the hill. hill. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. So Hot Takes on the Hill. Uh, we're reading that. We're continuing on now with Matthew chapters seven through nine. As we get started, we want to remind everyone to read responsibly and drink responsibly. You can drink along with us or you can listen to us while you're in the car. But please do not do both at the same time. And with that, it's time for Matthew chapter seven. like I'm in a, under a cabana or something. It's pretty mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I know. It's beautiful, Aunt. Matthew 7. Don't judge so that you won't be judged. For with whatever judgment you judge, you will be judged. Oh, my and God. With, <laughs> and Can with you say judged <laughs> some more, please? <laughs> and with whatever measure you measure, it will be measured to you. Ooh. To ZomboCom. <laughs> Welcome you. To Zombocom. Uh, yeah, that was a yucky translation. It was just sort of messy. Uh-huh. Um, but this is the whole like yeah. 
Do not judge, for you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And the measure you use, it will be measured to you, is the NIV. Okay. Or, you know, King James is, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. Or Tyndale, of course, is, yuji not that ye not be yujid. <laughs> so, what? you know. Yujid? Jace, you're being really yudgy right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. UG. Oh, I U-G. see. I U D J E D. U U G. I see. Ujid. Got it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <gasps> Why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, but don't consider the beam that is in your own eye? This is a hot one, Emily. I don't know if you've heard that one before. Yeah. I, I don't think I've heard it quite like that well, before. <laughs> fair. <laughs> what is it? It's this isn't an eye for an eye. This is more like no, like don't point out somebody else's fault when you've got a lot of faults yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's pot calling Dude. the kettle black. Right. Okay, right. you know. Yeah. So it's usually like, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to mm. the plank in your own eye? Like you, you got even more going on here. You got a, just a giant plank coming out yeah. of your eye. It's, it's very strange. It's like Jesus, yeah. is that the best you got? Okay, right. Or how will you tell your brother? Let me remove the speck from your eye, and behold, the beam is in your own eye. Well, he was a carpenter, so... <gasps> okay, okay. Right. Got it. Sawdust. He's got lived experience with digging sawdust out yeah, of eyeballs. Got it, okay. <laughs> this is main frame of reference. You hypocrite! First, remove the beam out of your own eye, and then you can see clearly to remove the speck out of your brother's eye. So I've, I've always been a fan of this little section here, actually. Just the whole, like... Work on yourself first. Don't get all high and mighty here until you figure yourself out first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Verse six. Don't give that which is holy to the dogs. Neither throw your pearls before the pigs, lest perhaps they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Boy, I didn't realize that was... Well, you know know pearls before swine, the, Uh, the phrase and also comic strip. No. You oh, don't? you've never no, heard that phrase. Those things? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh. Really? Mm-mm. Oh, please elaborate. You've never heard the phrase "pearls before swine." I don't believe so. Huh. Well, any guesses about what it might mean? Like you can't eat pearls? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like pigs can't eat pearls? No, <laughs> like like I don't know. What is it? Uh, don't neither throw your pearls before the pigs, lest perhaps they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. I say. So yeah, you can't like give something that a pig wouldn't eat to them and expect them to not want to turn on you and kill you instead. But what do you think the metaphorical meaning might be? I mean, that's be? a hot take, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Don't be a dingbat. <laughs> give the pigs the right thing to eat. Only give corn to pigs. There you go. True vegan. Okay, tell me what it is. Uh, well... The way that it was always, the way I always understood here, but is basically don't give dogs what's sacred and don't give pearls to pigs. Kind of being like, they don't appreciate it. I say. That's not what they're interested in. So don't waste all your good stuff on them. Which I think metaphorically is, I guess, like don't give all your best stuff to, I don't know, maybe people that don't appreciate it or don't give your best like wisdom to people that don't appreciate it. Okay. 
Okay, I just have to point out that John Dolph in the chat is saying that the Latin term for pearls that's used in the Vulgate is margaritas. Margaritas. <laughs> uh, don't give your margaritas to pigs. So don't <laughs> give any margaritas to pigs. I love that. <laughs> don't give a margarita to a pig. I love it. Can we please know what, what the message says? Oh, yeah, that's a fun idea. Uh <laughs> Wow, he really took some liberties here. See, nobody knows. <laughs> I mean, he's got the same meaning here, but he's just decided to really be colorful in his language. Okay. Don't be flip with the sacred. What? Banter and silliness give no honor to God. Whoops. Don't reduce holy mysteries to slogans. In trying to be relevant, you're only being cute and inviting sacrilege. Whoa, oh, interesting, Wow, Eugene. okay, that's not interesting. Yeah. quite what we just said that that was That about. sounds like some commentary that's been on his heart for a while. Well, that's well, a lot of this interpretation <laughs> of this book from him, right? I, I mean, to be fair, it's a fair criticism one could level against Eugene for writing the message. Right, yeah, yeah. Right? In Eugene, trying to be relevant. speck in your own eye. Yeah. I mean, or plank, plank in your own eye. Exactly. Copy of the message in your own eyeball. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, there you go. Right, don't criticize the translation in your brother's eye. Look at the message Bible in your own eye. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Uh, interesting. All right, cool. Uh, let's see, moving on here to... Verse seven. Verse seven. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. To him who knocks, it will be open. You heard this before, Em? The seek and ye shall find? Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. This is, that's where it comes from. It's all from here. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Or who is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, who will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Interesting. That's like a prayer telling everyone to go pray and ask and you shall receive. Like go ask, mm. just just offer up your Christmas list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is my grown-up Christmas list. Wish, <laughs> Christmas wish. Is that how that song goes? I don't know because I've always I've always hated that song. So <laughs> what? A Santa baby? No, uh, <laughs> my grown, my grown up, up Christmas wish or list or whatever it is. Yeah. What in the world is that? That is not a Christmas carol. It's a horrible it's a, song. You know it. You know it, Em. Do I? No more lives torn apart and wars would never start and time would heal all hearts. Who is it? Mariah Carey or something? It's Amy Grant. Amy, Amy Grant. Grant. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. That left my my thoughts <laughs> probably uh, since mm -hmm. like the 90s when I heard it the first time. Yeah. Okay. All right. Therefore, whatever you desire for men to do to you, you shall also do to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Okay, that sentence didn't make a ton of sense right there. But boy, the hits just keep coming, don't they? We're going to get this over and over again, aren't we? You, you've heard that one before, right? That's the whole do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's, okay, yeah. It's all Whatever right you desire for men to do to you, you shall also do to them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. got it. Cool. Or treat others as you'd like to be treated, like all that yeah. kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Right here. Yeah. Real hot, hot 
yeah. hits. Hot yeah. hits. Top top 40s Billboard chart right here. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we should do a top 40 for Jesus. Like his 40 greatest hits. Of like parables, sayings, phrases, sure. miracles, everything. Yeah, little aphorisms. Yeah. Wow. Okay. There you go. Well, we're going to read all of his stuff four times. So I guess it gives us some chance to really evaluate our go. favorite hits of all this. Okay, verse 13. Enter in by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many are those who enter by it. How narrow is the gate and restricted is the way that leads to life. Few are those who find it. Mm-hmm. Beware of false prophets I've who come that. to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravening wolves. Whoa. So what does that mean exactly? Like somebody who says that they're a good person, but they're actually like a, a wolf in sheep's clothing? I mean, that's that's literally it, right? Or yeah. like a prophet who's trying to sell you a bill of goods. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, the whole false prophets thing. Yeah. Yeah, someone's like, oh, I, I know the truth. Follow me, kids. Mm-hmm. But actually, it's your grandma in, or a wolf in your grandma's clothes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a grandma in your wolf's clothes. Or it is yeah. your grandma, weirdly. <laughs> By their fruits, you will know them. Do you gather grapes from thorns or figs from thistles? I'm assuming the answer is no. <laughs> Even so... Every good tree produces good fruit, but the corrupt tree produces evil fruit. I think the fruit is, that's just a funny thing to say about the tree. Like, it probably just like had a bad year. I don't know. It's not an evil tree. Uh, Yeah, he didn't really cover that. Like a temporarily evil tree, you know. Mm. Well, the whole point of it though is supposed to be like the way you determine a false prophet from a true one is by looking at the results. Got it. Of their work. Yeah. Yeah. Of their fruits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing, like, for influencers nowadays to be like, hmm, yeah. should I really listen to what this person is saying? That's fair. Where's yeah. the fruits of their labor as a tree? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are they an evil tree or are they a good tree? <laughs> there you go. Uh huh. A good tree can't produce evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't grow good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Wait, what? What does that mean? (laughs) Lord, Lord. Well, what do you you think? (laughs) Like, you have to do more than just say the word Lord. You have to be like, you have to find him in your heart. Well, I think in this case... What if you've read his whole book? (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's a good start. I think uh-huh. he's more about like, you have to do the right things, not just say the right things, is how I would interpret mm-hmm. that. Because mm-hmm. he says, only one who does the will of my father, right? Yeah. But, you know, you got to practice what you preach kind of a thing, maybe. Can I just ask something real quick? Because I've heard from people that like, okay, even if you're a good person, but you don't believe like in God, like you're not going to get into heaven. But like, if you're a person who's like committed adultery or any number of other sins, but you believe in God, you're still going to get into heaven. So like, what's up with that? Oh, this could, we could go on for hours okay. about this. Do you want to yeah. like have one hot take? A piece. Ooh, one a piece. One a piece. <laughs> I'm just gonna say I'm pretty sure my partner's mother definitely thinks I'm gonna go to hell. 
And that's why she's so excited that I'm doing this podcast because eventually mm-hmm. I'm going to become mm-hmm. Christian. Yeah, I'm sure she'll, she's going to be really excited when she finds out we've reached the Gospels. Uh-huh. We've oh, actually yeah. reached the yeah. Jesus times. Okay, one hot take apiece. My hot take on the hill is that I know something that was my experience being a child, being raised in the Christian church. And this is an experience I've heard from other people who were raised in the Christian church as children who have since deconverted or deconstructed Mm. or whatever, right? Many people talk about the confusion of what they were taught because certain schools of Christianity sort of talk out of both sides of their mouth, I think. I mean, on a lot of things, right? On a lot of things, yes. And on this also, but on the one hand, the sales pitch is it doesn't matter what terrible things you've you've done. We're all sinful. If you just accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to get into heaven. That's all it takes. You're saved. From that moment on, you are saved. You are good. You're going to get into heaven. That's all you need. That seems like a fairly low bar to clear for some people. Yes, correct. But then what if, if you're like, actually, nah, eventually? Because she still thinks that my partner is going to get into heaven even though he's definitely an atheist now. Oh, Okay, well, so so then mm. that's the other side of the mouth of what they're uh-huh, saying at the uh-huh. other side, right? Uh-huh, is uh-huh. then, But then there's the logistics of like, but wait, people could just say that and then they could still do bad or hurtful things. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so the, there is a little bit of a weird like, yeah, you should still try to be good, but it's not just about being good, but you should still try to be good There is, I think, a push-pull attention around can you lose being saved or not? That's a good question. Some people very much be like, yes, you totally can. And like, if you're bad enough, if you don't walk the walk, as it were, and some people being like, no, once you're in, you're in. And so myself and I think a lot of my peers who grew up in the Christian church describe being really anxious as children, right? Mm. And like sometimes doing that weird like, I'm gonna re-up just in case. I'm gonna I'm gonna accept Jesus Christ again just in case because I may wow. have lost it in the meet. Yeah, so because it's very confusing. Wow. So that's that's scary as yes. a young yeah. person, I'm sure. It is. Jesus. Well, I was just gonna say it's it's an interesting one where the Catholics kind of divide from the Protestants on this, where in the Catholic faith, there's not only do you need to accept Jesus first, like that's the first requirement, mm-hmm. but you also have to do good works and sort of also Mm. earn with righteousness your way into heaven, that you can't just do the one. However, if you just do good things, but don't also believe in Jesus, then you don't get in. It's like you need to have both to get in is the idea. Whereas again, like the Protestant thing is there are some schools of thought where it's like, yeah, as long as you accept Jesus, you can do literally whatever and you're fine. I mean, maybe they're like, oh, but don't do that. We don't think that's good. But like, but you're fine though. But (laughs) you don't literally believe in Jesus anymore. But you're fine though. You're still going to go to heaven. But also it's like, if if you're on your deathbed and like the last act you do on earth is accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, they're like, oh, thank God you're going to be in heaven, right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how Uh horrible you are up to that point. You know, it's it's all the goalposts kind of shift and move. Yeah, someone in the chat pointed out that like, who gets which message is very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet. That's yeah. tough. That's going to be tough as a young person. Yeah. I would also say that, um, just for your particular question there, I would bet that most Christians who are not this person's mom would say that he's not getting into heaven anymore if he doesn't still believe. 
Mm. I think that as the mom, there's some certain mental gymnastics you might be inclined to do. That makes sense. To not be so upset. So that's my hot For take sure. on For the hill. Sure. Okay, moving on. All right. Well, and I just want to say a lot of people in the chat are sharing, uh, relating to this, mm. the, the yeah. like stress and anxiety and guilt yeah. and shame. Thank you for sharing, everyone. Thank you for sharing. This part of why we drink. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. While reading this It helps stuff. us read this book. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Gosh. Okay. Let's see here. Where did I leave off? You're at 22. Ah, uh, yes. Thank you. Many will tell me in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? In your name, cast out demons? And in your name, do many mighty works? Then I will tell them, I never knew you. Oof. Rough. <laughs> Ouch. Dang. Depart from me, you who work iniquity. Everyone, therefore, who hears these words of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it didn't fall, for it was founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Is this like a song? Yes, it is a song. It is a song, yes. Okay, I feel like I've heard... House house upon upon the rock. rock. Wise man built his house upon the rock. Yeah. I felt like it was a more like a rock song. Oh, (laughs) no. I mean, we can make a rock version. I mean, it's about a rock. Yeah, yeah. I, well, it's about the rock. No, I'm also kidding. that but too. Maybe I I'm guess. Not kidding. Have you heard this parable? The whole house built on the rock versus house built on sand. Uh, and on the rock, it's going to stand tall, and on the sand, it's going to be pushed around and fall down like the three little pigs. Maybe yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Have you- uh, essentially. Yeah. Got it. Are you just okay. saying I mean, this, this you've is- read the three little pigs, and therefore you've read this story? <laughs> I have. I have. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is very common Sunday school fodder. Many object lessons yeah. Oh, yes. in my Sunday school yeah. classes literally demonstrating how mm-hmm. if you super glue a plastic Monopoly house onto a rock oh. versus if you just put it on a pile of sand and pour water over You'll be fine. it, different results. <laughs> Got it. Yep. Okay. It happened when Jesus had finished saying these things that the multitudes were astonished at his teachings. For oh. he taught them with authority and not like the scribes. Wait, what does that mean? Those guys suck at teaching. <laughs> they are terrible geez. public speakers. This guy rules. Maybe, okay, I'm assuming the scribes, maybe they were very shamey. Mm. I mean, not that this isn't shamey. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, come on, it's, it's sort of more of the same, but I guess G- Jesus was a good public speaker. Like, I've gotten that much from sure, yeah. this and from hearing about him before this. Yeah. yeah, I mean, good. yeah, these are awesome hot takes. He's mm-hmm. taking a different approach to it. He's using all these parables and metaphors that maybe haven't been done before. And so mm-hmm. he's he's just a real disruptor, you know, a real influencer. Yeah, he's, speaking di- of. he's disrupting <laughs> before disrupting was a thing. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh. Okay, so, so uh, Angry Dorito pointed out in the chat that the Message Bible is pretty good at the end here. Says, when Jesus concluded his address, the crowd burst into applause. They had never <laughs> heard teaching like this. It was apparent that he was living everything he was saying, quite a contrast to their religion teachers. This was the best teaching they had ever heard. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, 
I don't really appreciate the fact that in order to pump Jesus up, we have to like throw everything else, everyone else like mm, under the bus. Interesting. And be like, oh, everyone else sucks at this, but Jesus is amazing. Mm. Th- but this is like, know. okay, is it sort of like- I feel like he wouldn't like that. Modern day hot take influencer culture where you don't need to write an academic essay. You just got to have a pithy statement mm. or three. And good delivery. Right? Good sure. quality delivery. Good deli- yeah. Like good delivery where you're just like very confident. Or be like a, a beautiful person. Yeah. Well, yeah. But we learned before that Jesus was a two. So. <laughs> well, maybe Jesus is a two, but yeah. Okay, fine. So he's not like a professional pretty person. He's a professional. Okay, no, but, I'm, but he's, he's still a man, right? So he gets more of a pass yeah, if he's not oh, pretty. For sure. Like he can just sure. be confident 100%. and pithy sure. yes. and get by. Yeah. Also, totally. also, I love the idea that we could apply to Jesus, like the typical 90s uh, romantic comedy trope where you have a really, really beautiful, attractive female actor playing the lead, Mm -hmm. but she's got like glasses and a ponytail and everyone's like, oh, she's ugly and nerdy and we don't like her. And then she has her transformation partway through where suddenly she's hot. I like that because we've cast Choetel Ejiofor as Jesus in this book. Who's definitely not a two. Right, very attractive man. (laughs) But we could do a similar vibe, right? Where everyone's like, oh man, that guy's ugly, but I guess I'll follow him anyway. And then you look at him and you're like, uh, what? (laughs) Am I... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I, I am wondering like who's going to be the Mary in this scenario. And you said '90s, so I oh, immediately Mary I was Magdalene, thinking. You mean? Yeah. Oh, well, we haven't even yeah. gotten there. Yeah, we yet. haven't gotten there yet. I know, I know, I know. We haven't, but I know she's coming because I don't know how to love him. So. <laughs> oh, I love that. Is Mary Magdalene Rachel A. Cook? I loved that. I also thought of, immediately of Meg Ryan because like she's the ultimate Ooh, '90s that's star. Good. That's fun. Oh, that's Good. She's okay. old now, but all right, we'll think she about wasn't it. once. We'll think about okay. it. Okay, all right, let's go. Let's go on to the next one. Chapter eight. Eight. When he came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Behold, oh, oh shit. Is this gonna happen? I, I heard about this, I oh, think. Oh. Or something. Behold, a leper came to him and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you want to, you can make me clean. Jesus. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I want to be made clean. <laughs> Who wrote this? I don't remember that wording for I don't this remember story. That either. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Good lord. I'm sorry, there's a lot of problematic things just like in that those two sentences, but okay. Pro- you, you mean just weirdly Ooh. worded or do you actually mean problematic? Yeah, what are you talking about I don't about know. Here? I don't know. I kind of, it's challenging because, you know, there's there's a lot of talk in, uh, in like disabled communities being like, no, like we are fine with our disabilities. We don't want people to be like, oh, it needs to be cured or whatever. I'm not saying mm. it's exactly the same thing here, but my mind goes to that automatically and bees and is kind of like that's where people go. Oh, we're gonna like cure your blindness or you can walk now or whatever the heck. Mm. Well, sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. Very different time though, right? And not just yes. a different time in the sense of people have different attitudes towards disease and disability at this time. Yeah. But also different time of like, yeah, if you develop a skin disease, and by the way, like 
at this time, all skin diseases are being called leprosy because we mm. can't tell the difference, right? For the most part. So it could be literally anything. Could be eczema or yes. whatever. Right. But he like literally you're exiled. That is it. And Jesus was like, <laughs> gone. <laughs> well, I listen, then I wish I had a Jesus when I was like 15 <laughs> and, through 30. But thanks, uh-huh. Jesus, for not being there the for me. The whole point I'm trying to make, though, is like you got a skin disease and you're literally exiled Right, like yeah. cut off from your family and any kind of social support. It's yeah. it's not like oh, I'm embarrassed to go out because I have a zit. Right, so it's like the stakes are a little bit higher towards wanting that. to be cured. I do, yeah, I do get that. I just it, it's an interesting conundrum to look at. Like nowadays, for instance, when I think our our ideas on that particular subject have changed a great deal. So sure, just something to think about. As so many parts of this book, <laughs> yeah, are something to think about. Jesus said to him, See that you tell nobody, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When he came into Capernaum, Capernaum? Sure. Is that? Let's call it Capernaum. Capernaum, Naum, Naum. <laughs> a centurion came to him, asking him and saying, Lord, my servant lies in the house paralyzed, grievously tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. What? Okay, he doesn't even like have to go. He's just like, word. And then like the guy will be healed like from a different room. I, I guess know. that's the idea. For I am also a man under authority, having under myself soldiers. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and tell another, come, and he comes, and tell my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, most assuredly, I tell you, I haven't found so great a faith, not even in Israel. I tell you that many will come from the east and the west and will sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the children of the kingdom will be thrown out into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and the gnashing of teeth. Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. Go your own way. Let it be done for you as you have believed. His servant was healed that hour. Okay, what just happened? So, well, there's... There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot to this one. <laughs> just was like the yes. Yeah. So the, the centurion came up and said, "Hey, I have a servant who's ill. I want you to heal him." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus was like, "Sure, dude." And he's like, "No, no, no. You don't have to go. You can just say that he'll be healed, and then he will be healed. Like that's how I do my job." It's like he believed. It's like a believed, Tinkerbell yeah. type of situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. Tinkerbell. A little bit of a Tinkerbell kind of situation. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I see what we're dealing with here now. Got it. And then Jesus was like. Y'all, listen up. This dude, he believes. This, this dude. This dude rules, right? That's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And the reason why this particular story is a significant one is also that this is one of the places that is used as a defense of uh, gay relationships in the Bible. So here's the deal. Defense. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So okay. this is a, a Roman centurion. Uh-huh who's coming to Jesus to heal his like servant is what he calls him or or slave or whatever word that he used but it could be like his Jonathan to David it could be his Jonathan exactly yeah. so so the deal is Got that okay. one is that i guess the greek word that is used here to describe this boy throws this into question but also why would a centurion care this much about a servant 
And at the time, it was common practice for men to have young men lovers. Mm -hmm. Now, the unfortunate part is that he was most likely an underage boy, Mm -hmm. and that's its own whole problematic thing. But um, the idea is that he came up to to Jesus to be like, heal my lover, this boy that I care a lot about. Mm -hmm. And Jesus, instead of going into some kind of lecture about, well— Ew. No, because you're horrible. He was like, sure. Yeah, exactly. He's like, this guy has faith more than all of y'all. You should learn from this guy. Mm. So anyway, just want to throw that out there. That's one of those stories there. Yeah. You get a point. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) One point for Jesus. Maybe multiple points. (laughs) When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with fever. Like Peter's wife's mother, I think. Yeah, so Peter's mother-in-law. Got it. He touched her hand and the fever left her. She got up and served him. Okay. When evening came, they brought to him many possessed with demons. Mm. Oh, shit. He's like an exorcist now. Yeah. Cool. He has a lot of jobs. He cast out the spirits with a word and healed all those who were sick. I wonder what the word was. (laughs) That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken through Isaiah the prophet, saying, He took our infirmities and bore our diseases. Now, when Jesus saw great multitudes around him, he gave the order to depart to the other side. A scribe came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes and the birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Well, they have like homes, hopefully. Is this him just being like, I'm a digital nomad, baby? (laughs) I don't know, maybe. (laughs) So, Eugene says, are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best inns, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Okay, I think Dedeker was spot on. (laughs) Spot on. Another of his disciples said to him, Lord, allow me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. But I, don't, Jesus, you don't understand. That's weird. Yeah, this one always surprised me a little bit. And I think it He's falls like, into nah, that. I'm more important. Right. It falls into that same category of like, dude, you were crushing it. And then suddenly you say something really weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I, okay, I've, this one know. comes up a lot in sermons and things like that, but always Leave in this. Dead to bury your dead. At least in my experience, in this kind of weird roundabout way that, that pastors would go about trying to preach on this one. Because it is kind of this weird thing that you don't really want to say to anyone. Yeah, it's not like, oh, don't mourn the dead. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's like, no, just come, come follow me instead. Yeah, so I've, I've never known what to make of this one, to be honest. Strange. I mean, that like these sentiments start to make Jesus sound a little bit more on the cult leader side of things rather than just like a charismatic leader because that mm-hmm. makes me think of cult leader stuff where it's like, no, nothing outside of this is important. Mm-hmm. No family relationships, no social relationships. It's probably like, a little column A, a little column B. Yeah. 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 When he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. Behold, a great tempest arose in the sea, so much that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. They came to him and woke him up saying, save us, Lord, we are dying. He said to them, why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Oh yeah, oh ye of little yeah. faith. I've heard that. Oh, yeah, classic, classic. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of sounds like a dick sometimes. I'm sorry. Just a little bit. He's like, guys, I was napping. <laughs> 
Then he got up, rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a great calm. What did it, like? What does that mean? Like he rebuked it. He was like, "Ugh, wind." You shut should up. feel terrible. You should feel ashamed of yourselves. Yeah, there you go. The men marveled, saying, "What kind of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Is he Poseidon?" When he came to the other side, into the country of the Gerges, Gergesens. Gergesenes? Oh, thank you, Dedeker. Gergesenes. Two people. Uh, Just a guess. Two people possessed by demons met him there, coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce so that nobody could pass their way. Wait, I don't remember a lot of, like, demon people in the Old Testament. (laughs) Yeah, I guess we didn't spend a lot of time talking about demon-possessed people. I thought we had a couple stories about it. But they're like every other word now. No, we're not really. At least in this section, yeah. A lot of demons, for sure. Yeah, a lot of demons. Or at least a lot of people with some mental health issues, Mm. potentially. Mm. Who the heck knows? Well, that was a lot of the prophets back then, too. Right, yeah. Behold, they cried out, saying, What do we have to do with you, Jesus, son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Uh, Now, there was a (laughs) herd of many pigs feeding far away from them. The demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, permit us to go away into the herd of pigs. He said to them, Go. They came out and went into the herd of pigs, and behold, the whole herd of pigs rushed down the cliff into the sea and died in the water. That's horrible. Those who fed them fled and went away into the city and told everything, including what happened to those who were possessed with demons. Behold, all the city came out to meet Jesus, when they saw him, they begged that he would depart from their borders. What just Wait, happened? The entire city, yeah. what? the entire city <laughs> is like, you should leave. They were like, WTF. <laughs> you're cattle rustling, you're pig rustling. Right, yeah. I'm sorry, what just happened? Yeah, okay, okay. So this is one of those funny ones that takes a turn you didn't expect. <laughs> no, there, there were a lot of turns there. <laughs> the demon-possessed dudes that had been terrorizing this area and Jesus, or, and they, I guess Jesus was speaking to the demons in them. And the demons were like, whoa, 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 don't like banish us completely. Let us be in these pigs. And Jesus, I guess, takes mercy on the demons. And it's like, okay, fine. I'll throw you into those pigs. And the pigs go run off a cliff into the ocean or whatever. And then and all the farmers in the village that owned those pigs and probably relied on them for sustenance Got it. were like, dude, like you got you got to go dude <laughs> get, get out of here. here yeah exactly okay that makes sense that makes more sense that makes more sense and that's it that's the end of the chapter wow yeah yeah that wow. was really weird but okay we should take a little break to let that sit settle with <laughs> yeah, us it's just it's funny because there are all these hits and then you get this little moment where you're like what huh? <laughs> it keeps you on okay. your toes that's good you can't it just does. you can't just tune out can't bliss out too much no. right yeah All right, we're going to take a quick break to talk about some ways that you can support this show. If you're enjoying this content, if you're stoked to be crunked on Christ with us, uh, reading all of this and, you know, maybe hopefully learning something, growing as a person, all that kind of stuff, right? If any of those things are true, we would love for your help. And the best way you can do that is just tell more people about the show. Get your friends who you think would be into it, into this. I have personally found it is a lot easier to pitch people on listening to the show now that we're in the New Testament. Oh, interesting. Oh, Old Testament has a bad rap. First of all, you tell them, 
we've been doing this for five years and we finally got here. They're like, okay, this is legit. You're not just messing around and you're going to back out on this. Like, you've actually made it this far. Oh, we don't pod fade, okay? No, we do not. <laughs> okay. And then the second part is that it's the New Testament, right? So everyone's like, right, those are things I know. I'll hear your hot takes on the Hill about those. So definitely tell your friends and then come check out the live shows. If you've been waiting, trying to decide if you want to check them out, they're a ton of fun. It's every Thursday. You can find out more info about that at drunkbiblestudy.com slash live. We do that every week on Twitch. And we would love to have you here in the chat joining us for this. And then lastly, if you're able to support us financially, that helps a lot. We don't have normal advertisers on this show generally. And so we are entirely funded by our patrons. If you go to patreon.com slash study, that's where you can give a little bit each month to help support this show. And as a thank you, we have things like early releases of episodes, personal toasts on the show, Emily's drink recipes, and of course, our undying affection. And we are back. We're going to bring this home with Matthew chapter nine. He entered into a boat and crossed over and came into his own city. So he just kind of glossed over what just happened with that? Yeah, well, they, they told him to leave, so okay. he's like, all right. He's like, okay. bye. <laughs> Got it. Okay, cool. Behold, they brought to him a man who was paralyzed, lying on a bed. Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, son, cheer up. Your sins are forgiven you. See, ex- exactly, exactly. What I said before. Mm-hmm. Behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, this man blasphemes. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, get up, and take up your mat, and go up to your house. He arose and departed to his house. Is that saying essentially that because the sins were forgiven, he also could walk? I think it was Jesus was like, not only can I forgive this person's sins, I'm going to do you also. Also. Do you a solid. Do do you a second solid. And heal your paralysis. Okay. It kind of felt like that was more actually for the benefit of the scribes. Because the guy came up. Sure. So the the way I interpreted it was... Right, so so the guys brought up their friend who was paralyzed and said, "Hey, can you bless him or whatever?" And Jesus mm-hmm. was like, "Yeah, man, sins forgiven, no problem." Probably because for this guy, he can't enter the temple because he would be deemed unclean, and it would be hard for him because to go he up was and paralyzed. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of that was remember Pretty that was baked anything. into quite a bit of Levitical yeah. law. Was like. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, if you're disabled in any way or disfigured or anything like that, you can't go into the temple. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, and I mean, I don't know that you have to go into the temple. Maybe you could have someone do that sacrifice for you. I'm not sure. But either way, obviously, it would be harder for this person. So Jesus is like, no worries, man. I got you. Sin's forgiven. Done. Okay. And the scribes are like, uh, you can't do that. And Jesus is like, yeah. And he's like, can't I? Watch me. Watch what else I can do. Boom. Heals the guy. And then he gets up and walks. <laughs> I feel like he's kind of just like posturing at this point <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, this mm. this Jesus for sure. I mean, we haven't had any other Jesus to compare it to yet. Okay, okay. But this Jesus feels like a real swaggerer. Yeah. He's got a certain swagger. I, I like that. Yeah, yes. that's fun. Yeah. That's fun. Mm-hmm. 
But when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God who had given such authority to men. As Jesus passed by from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting. Oh, oh is that this guy? Is that I think, the same Matthew? I think it's supposedly I think it's the, same the same Matthew. 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 Yeah. Supposedly the same Matthew. Yes. He didn't write in parentheses being like, that's me. So <laughs> unclear. <laughs> the writer of this book. He saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax collection office. He said to him, follow me. He got up and followed him. Well, of course he <laughs> it's did. The simplest interaction ever. Of course he was. Sit- now, was he sitting at the tax collection office because he worked there or he was there to pay his taxes? Sort of like file I'm pretty his sure he worked. I'm pretty sure he was a tax collector. Yeah. Oh, was he? Um... As it goes on to explain, it happened as he sat in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with Jesus and his disciples. So we didn't touch on this last time, um, but mm-hmm. this whole tax collector thing, my understanding of it, what I was taught was everyone hated the tax collectors, not just because they were collecting taxes, but mm-hmm. because they were, I guess, a little exploitative also, kind of like payday loans okay. style, oh, where, you know, it was like a shakedown a little bit. Not only are you collecting taxes like for the Roman government, who we were not huge fans of, but also you're kind of exploiting people at the same time. And okay. so that's why they weren't very popular. Okay. Yeah. But Jesus was like, no, man, you can hang out with me. That's cool. I mean, that's nice. That's nice. When the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Now, can I just read you the message real quick? Sure. When the Pharisees saw him keeping this kind of company, they had a fit and lit into Jesus's followers. Oh, I feel like he's getting the f is he with? Yeah, he's getting a lot spicier now in the New Testament. He's more excited. <laughs> didn't he read the New Testament first? Meaning, didn't oh, maybe. Eugene I don't translate know. the New yeah, Testament first? Sure. I think that he did, and that makes me think that like he kind of got a little bored in the Old Testament. <laughs> personally, used a ball's best stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Okay, when Jesus heard it, he said to them. Those who are healthy have no need for a physician, but those who are sick do. But you go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So I think the whole point of this is, yeah, I'm going to hang out with these people because these are the people who need this kind of support, need me. Me the most. The most, to make it sound real egotistical, yes. Uh Uh-huh. Then John's disciples came to him saying, Oh, like John, who we're going to get later. I think, I think, is this John the Baptist, the followers of John the Baptist, the other cult leader in this book? Right. (laughs) Is he also a cult leader? He could be. I don't know. I thought he got his head cut off. Not yet. Okay, but he does. Cool. Spoilers. Jeez. What? Jeez. I I I know the Salome story. Goodness. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a because back. a lot of people have skated to it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Then John's disciples came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples don't fast? <laughs> like you're having a great time. This sucks. Huh. Jesus said to them. Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will Wait, come. So he's saying he is the bridegroom to who? To God? <laughs> no. Mm, let me let me finish. Let me get to the end of this, and then we can try to interpret it. Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. 
No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch would tear away from the garment and a worse hole is made. Neither do people put new wine into old wineskins, or else the skins would burst and the wine be spilled and the skins ruined. No, they put new wine into fresh wineskins, and both are preserved. Now, do you understand, Emily? No. What? (laughs) (laughs) I kind of lost the thread. I could read you the message. That probably helped. Neither do people put, okay. Okay. Yeah. Here's verse 15. So they're saying, you know, why why do we all fast and you guys don't? Jesus told them, dog. (laughs) I added that part. (laughs) He did not say that. Bro. Jesus told them, when you're celebrating a wedding, you don't skimp on the cake and wine. You feast. Mm. Later, you may need to exercise moderation, but not now. No one throws cold water on a friendly bonfire. This is kingdom come, bro. Again, I added the bro. He didn't say that. He went on, no one cuts up a fine silk scarf to patch old work clothes. You want fabrics that match. And you don't put your wine in cracked bottles. (laughs) It just leaves it there, yeah. Oh, he just leaves it there. Okay. So... I feel like what he's saying is right now we're going to party hard because I'm alive. Mm-hmm. And in a couple <laughs> years, I'm going to get crucified and then all y'all can be sad about it. But right now, when I'm on earth and when God's like, yeah, man, stay on earth for a little while longer, I'm going to live it up. I like that. I mean, that is generally the interpretation I was given about this part. That, that is that is what he's, I mean. Cool. Got it. Who knows if that's what Jesus himself was saying at the time, but that's definitely the way it's interpreted. It's like, dude, Jesus is here, dude. This is party time, party central. You can all be sad later. (laughs) Party hard, bro. (laughs) Yeah, cool. While he told these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshiped him saying, my daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. (laughs) Jesus got up and followed him as did his disciples. Behold, a woman... Oh, gosh. Okay. This is like layers of stories happening at all at the same time. Okay. Yes. Yeah, really. Behold, a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years came behind him. What? This was always taught to me that, that what's wrong with this woman is like basically she's been like hemorrhaging for 12 years. Okay. She'd be dead. Oh, not constantly. Well, but... Maybe like constantly menstruating. Mm, oh, interesting. Interesting. You know, that, well, like that. Similar issue, well, issue, didn't mean to say that, but similar problem, right, of like, she can't go to the temple because she's constantly unclean. Of course. Okay. Behold, a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years came behind him and touched the tassels of his garment. For she said within herself, if I just touch his garment, I will be made well. But Jesus, turning around and seeing her, said, daughter, cheer up, your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. So she had menopause. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just, I never noticed this before, but the fact that she touched his tassel, I'm now picturing Jesus in like a cool jacket with tassels all down the sleeves, you know, very like 70s rocker style. That's what I just pictured right now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Okay. That's what we're, that's the outfit for Chittawell. Chiwetel. Okay. Chiwetel. Yeah. When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the crowd in noisy disorder, oh. I think they, they just started the funeral <laughs> okay, right away. Sorry. sorry I just looked. Yeah, I just okay. glanced at the message and. Couldn't help but glance. So it says, 
By now, they had arrived at the house of the town official and pushed their way through the gossips looking for a story and the neighbors bringing in casseroles. What? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, He said to them, make room because the girl isn't dead, but sleeping. They were ridiculing him. But when the crowd was put out, he entered in, took her by the hand, and the girl arose. The report of this went out into all that land. As Jesus passed by from there, two blind men followed him, calling out and saying, have mercy on us, son of David. When he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They told him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it done to you. Their eyes were opened. Jesus strictly charged them saying, See that no one knows about this. Why does he? Yeah, why he really does he kind say of sketch that? for all his yeah. swagger? <laughs> like he's doing stuff in front of people, but then also doing things and being like, "Don't tell anyone." And like, what's up with that? Yes. What's why? Why? Why some people, not everyone? I mean, I do think it kind of goes along with that idea of like, if you're gonna do cool shit, don't go show it off. Uh-huh. So he's like, "Don't, but don't, don't make do, a big deal of it. Don't do make it a big in deal. front of a bunch of people sometimes." <laughs> Right. Whatever. Oh, yeah. In front of all the casserole crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They need to see it. But they went out and spread abroad his fame in all that land. Mm. As they went out, behold, it's just one after the other. Goodness gracious. Yeah, seriously. As they went out, behold, a mute man who was demon possessed was brought to him. When the demon was cast out, the mute man spoke. Yeah. So they didn't tell us what he said. I guess that's not really important. The multitudes marveled, saying, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. I do get why the Romans were like, this guy's got to (laughs) go. He's getting the people too excited. But the Pharisees said, by the prince of the demons, he casts out demons. So the Pharisees are like, nah, it's the devil. They're like, takes one to no one, demon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hmm. Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every sickness among the people. Hmm. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were harassed and scattered like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest indeed is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore that the Lord of the harvest will send out laborers into his harvest. The end. Thanks. <laughs> Got it. It's a lot that happened. Yeah. Just yeah, miracle really. after miracle and faith healing yeah. after faith healing. This guy is busy. Truly. Yeah. I I just am continually interested to see, like, I don't know. I know Jesus is supposed to be a great guy, but part of me feels like he's showing off a little. Mm-hmm. I mean, do the two have and to maybe be? maybe that's the point. Do they have to be mutually exclusive? No, no, you're right. And and I feel like, you know, because he is only here for a very short amount of time, he'd be dead by now if he were me. I would not exist if I were him, is basically what I'm you saying. You mean age-wise? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was 33 when he died. Oh, oh I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, basically, cool, cool, like, cool. I, I feel like he feels as though he's got to get a lot done in a short amount of time and show off his coolness. Yes, and, and party. To people. And party at the same mm, yeah. time. But I do wish that he had like a video camera to be like, look at, okay, everyone, guess what? He would be the initial influencer. He's like, hey, yeah. what's up, YouTube? Like, like and subscribe this video. Today, I'm going to 
a resurrected dead girl. Woo! <laughs> you know, and then just For like... For free. Yeah, whatever, man. Like, see the casseroles over there? No problem. <laughs> they can have them. They don't have to bring them here because this person's not going to be upset. They can cook for themselves because I'm about to revive <laughs> this lady. <laughs> so, anyways. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I would yeah. make the argument maybe Buddha might be the the pre-influencer to Jesus. Because mm, Buddha yeah. does, you know, predate him by about 500 years. What did Buddha do to influence? Did he, like, resurrect people? That's a good question. Yeah, how many dead girls did the Buddha resurrect? Did he just tell everyone to be enlightened? Yeah, okay, we'll have to do a little a little battle royale Miracles mm. of the Buddha versus miracles of the Jesus. Yeah. And yeah. who would win? Who would win? And then <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to add it to the list. We should do a okay. screening yeah. for ourselves of St. Young Men, which is an amazing, amazing anime film about Jesus oh, and yeah. Buddha being best friends going on vacation to Japan together. And You've talked about this for amazing. years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. But also I, people in the chat, John Dolph is saying that he wants... Uh, Life of Brian, which I have also never yeah. seen. Yes. It's on the list. Yep, on it's the on list. the list. Yep, yep. I, I wanted to... But should we do it after the four? Well, we need to get at least through one gospel, yeah. maybe two, so that you can understand the Jesus tropes, right? Okay. So you yep. can un- then understand the Jesus jokes that are being made in all these films. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think that Life of Brian will be great, but you need a little more experience before you're mm-hmm. old enough to mm-hmm. appreciate it. Yeah. And to be ready to see a naked penis on yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah, I should warn you. Oh, I'm ready. I'm always ready. <laughs> I should warn you. There is a full-on penis right there in the frame. It was a Nothing I haven't seen before. As a kid, it was the first time I ever saw one in a movie and it was shocking. So, I think the so okay, my mom will know this because she was there um when <laughs> the very first musical i ever saw on broadway was the full monty oh, oh okay. wow and i yeah my mom and i like when i was 12 and um and the whole time i was like the penis is going to come at the end oh my god <laughs> and it's really funny uh. because it's just this like flash of light when they all like take off right. their pants and so you can see the silhouette, but not really anything. And it was over in a in a flash. And I was kind of like, that's it? <laughs> I remember thinking that as a 12-year-old, like, whatever. Yeah, my mom was oh, like, it was, it was so a built blackout. Up. Yeah, yeah, but it, it really wasn't that impressive. So anyways. I forget where this was. I think it might have been on a podcast or something. But they were talking with the cast of that. And they were sharing a story uh-huh. that there was one night of the show where the light cue got messed up and the full-on lights were when they were facing forward instead of when they yes. were facing backwards like it was yes. supposed to be. And they were Amazing. all just like, well, that- <laughs> that's what it is. It's that's the what the show's called. Yeah. We yeah. are doing it right now. <laughs> yeah, because the whole lead-up is like to that moment. And then, right. of course, it's like almost nothing. But yeah, yeah. I wish I got to see that. Well, then I could have seen a lot of like different shapes and sizes in, mm, in one mm-hmm, go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Would have been a good, <laughs> Anyways, a good moment okay, for a okay, young folks. child. <laughs> yeah. Okay, 12 year old May. Okay, here we go. Anyways, thank you all for joining us for Bible study today. If you want to join the audience in our live stream shows, follow us on Twitch at Drunk Bible Study or go to drunkbiblestudy.com slash live. 
If you want even more drug file study, including early releases, cocktail recipes, personal toasts on the show, and more, become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash drunkbiblestudy. If you enjoy the show, take a moment to subscribe and write us a nice review on iTunes, letting other people know what you like about it. You can also join fellow listeners in the Drunk Bible Study Fans and Fellowship Facebook group or on our Discord server at discord.drunkbiblestudy.com. Find us on Twitter at Drunk Bible Cast, on Instagram at Drunk Bible Study, or send us an email to info at drunkbiblestudy.com. Drunk Bible Study is created and produced by Jason Lindgren, Dedeker Winston, and me, Emily Matlack. Our theme song is Book Club by Josh and Annan from their album Home of the The The. For more information, visit us at drunkbiblestudy.com. You know